0: It's time for The Bright Side, a coaching radio show for changemakers, the organizations and positive leaders creating positive change in the world. The Bright Side is sponsored by p Leadership. At p Leadership, we have one big goal, to accelerate positive change. It's all based on fusing the sciences of human nature with the discipline of leadership to transform the world at work. Or, as we call it, accelerating positive change in a big way. And now as your host, Alexis Robin, Chief Experience Officer and Co-Founder of P-Link Leadership, I'm here to bring you 10 minutes of insight, theory, and actionable tips to support you on your journey of becoming the best version of yourself. Welcome back to The Bright Side. I'm Alexis Robin, and today I'm excited to be with Kelly Campbell. She is a trauma-informed leadership coach, keynote speaker, and sponsor podcast host. They are the founder of Conscious Leaders and the world's most diverse speakers agency. Her debut book on trauma and leadership will be published by Wiley spring 2024. So today we're talking about conscious leadership. Kelly, welcome. It's great to have you. Thank you so much, Alexis. I am very excited to be here and talking with you. Awesome. So let's talk about what we mean by conscious leadership and why it matters in the world of work today. Ah, oh, conscious leadership.
1: Um, I think it's important to always start with definitions, right? So i um, There are many definitions of conscious leadership out in the world, but my definition, the one that I actively use is the practice by which a leader develops self-awareness, builds a culture of we and becomes radically responsible for people, planet and profit. We talk a lot about, or there is a lot of conversation around self-awareness. I don't think that there's a lot of conversation about how to become self-aware and the work that's necessary to do that. And then obviously the crux or the, the, Um, nucleus of conscious leadership is about building that culture of we instead of me. And then the radical responsibility of people, planet, profit, that's the triple bottom line component that most people are familiar with when it comes to conscious leadership, which obviously stemmed out of the conscious capitalism movement back at least a decade ago.
0: Thanks for identifying it. I think the definitions are so important. So we don't make up stories about what we're talking about. So why is this idea of self-awareness culture of we versus me and the triple bottom line important in the world of work today, do you think?
1: Well, we're at a place where things are very unsustainable. (laughs) We can't keep going the way that we've been going. And I could have said that five years ago or 10 years ago, and it still would have been a a true statement. But right now we're really, really at a crossroads. Um, We see this in so many different places and sectors. And so Right now, conscious leadership is very important for our planet. It's important for the people that we lead, meaning if we are leaders of any kind of organization, we need to really lean in and support our people because people are going through a lot and it's our job as their leaders to help support them in any way that we possibly can. You know, I think if we want to continue literally as a species on this planet, conscious leadership is very, very important. We're sort of sliding backwards in a lot of different ways and I think conscious leaders are being called and are very important to society today. So more of us in the world, uh, I think, will, will help sustain us.
0: Yeah, agreed. We often talk about um, self-awareness. G- going back to that point is so much bad leadership happens outside of self-awareness. So, you know, it's not like there's leaders going around the world, like trying to be intentionally unconscious or (laughs) bad humans or not develop people or not care about people. But in the absence of knowing and in the absence of understanding your own internal landscape and, and knowing how to know your own internal landscape, there's often the result is ineffective leadership, if you will. And we've seen what that can do to a country, to a world, to a business, So what are some of the behaviors and mindsets of conscious leaders that you've seen?
1: I would say uh, in the work that I do, the first one would be that they're actively healing. So engaging in healing modalities. And when I say healing, I'm talking about healing trauma, big T and small T trauma. Um, Other behaviors would be empathy or empathetic leadership, the willingness to be vulnerable or just vulnerability curiosity, a penchant toward collaboration, and focusing on raising others up versus creating a legacy for oneself, right? So it's kind of like lighting the path versus making sure that, you know, my legacy is intact. Uh, That's where the me versus we component of the definition comes in.
0: Yeah, definitely. I want to hear a little bit more about this, the healing and like, what is what have you seen? What does that look like for a business leader to be actively healing big T or small T trauma and and maybe say a little bit about big T versus small T trauma? So our listeners know what we're talking about.
1: Yeah. And we can talk about, you know, trauma and and entrepreneurship and leadership maybe as a a part two, but ultimately big T trauma are sort of those larger things that we all think of when we think of the word trauma, right? So it might be physical or sexual abuse. It might be um, living in a war-torn country. Um, it might be being in a household when we were younger where there was a, a parent who was incarcerated or maybe had an addiction issue. So those those larger sort of more ex- quote-unquote extreme situations. Small T trauma happens to every single one of us. Even if a big T trauma did not occur in your life um, and you were you know, lucky enough to, to go through childhood unscathed by a big T trauma, small T trauma has happened to every single one of us. It even happens in adulthood. So these are things that change our, or shape our worldview about who we are and our place in the world, um, how we are perceived. So things like humiliation, or betrayal. There are lots and lots of examples that we can give of this, but if you ever walked into, let's say when you were in school, you ever walked into um, a cafeteria and the friend group that you used to sit with all the time, all of a sudden they shun you for whatever reason, there's a humiliation. There's an embarrassment. There's a, what did I do wrong? uh, Kind of sense about you, right? If someone was supposed to pick you up, and they forgot or something happened and they couldn't, right? All of a sudden, now you believe that you did something wrong, or maybe you deserved not being picked up, you know, from a particular event or something. So all of these little tiny, what we think of as tiny or small T traumas, what happens with them is on their own, they may not be incredibly impactful, except if we are a sensitive kid or adult and these things are compounding and they're happening over and over again, it starts to form a worldview about who we are. And that can actually be much harder to uh, repair or reparent in the future as we get older, Um, you know? So yeah, there's, there's definitely a delineation between the big T and the small T and some people say that they're equally as impactful.
0: And when we talk about somebody healing from that, like, Actively healing, which is one of the first behaviors you talked about in conscious leadership, what does that look like? Like what might somebody be doing who's trying to actively heal some of those things that have impacted their identity or how they're showing up in the world as a leader?
1: So actively healing, and I think that active healing is a lifetime. Uh, It's not a destination. Uh, it's, It's a lifetime journey. So some of those things could be, um, I call sort of um, therapy or cognitive behavioral therapy, talk therapy, I call that sort of the gateway drug. So that's a great place to start uh, if you haven't been in therapy before, where you're starting to talk a little bit about your experience and maybe starting to correlate some of the behaviors that you have now to some of the things that happened to you when you were younger. Talk therapy, in my opinion, isn't the thing that's going to get you to change behavior or change you know um how you uh how you are in the world, I think it takes more than that. I think about it like diversifying a portfolio yeah right? so maybe you're engaging in lots of other practices maybe it's meditation, maybe it's mindfulness, maybe there're healing retreats and workshops maybe there's art therapy, some kind of creative component, maybe it's plant medicine, right like there's literally no shortage of healing modalities that are available. I think for me, I'll just speak for myself. It's whatever I'm called to in a given moment. Uh, if something is a full body, yes, for me, and it feels like something that I need based on what a description is, uh, for a workshop, for example, or if I'm called to plant medicine, you know, things like that. I think it's like wayfinding you just yeah. figure out. Cause there is no straight linear path here. This is this is a very circuitous path to figuring out what you need in order to integrate that trauma into your life.
0: Yeah, thank you for that. I think um healing being a lifelong journey. I believe consciousness is a lifelong journey and you know my own journey with consciousness has been the more I know, the more I realize there's more I need to know. <laughs> it's like so you never you never arrive and the same with leadership, but, you know, we often say that at feeling to our coaching clients is this is a lifelong journey. Like you don't get to a certain level of leadership and like you've arrived because you're the CEO somehow, or you've hit the C-suite. So like, you know, it all, it's like, it gets even more complex up there. <laughs> you need to know even more and be aware of even more. And so, um, so that, you know, that lifelong journey of learning is such an important piece. What are some of the mindsets of conscious leaders that you've seen, uh, or that you've heard in your own coaching, because I know you do a coaching practice with your folks. So
1: mindsets, um I guess I would say, you know someone who doesn't view, so so like an abundance mindset, someone who doesn't view um, uh, competitors as competition, you know, maybe they look at them as collaborators. A leader that would embody a mindset of collaboration from the internal standpoint might be, I don't need to know all of the answers. In fact, I can never know all of the answers. I have to surround myself with the people on my team and other partners who know more than I do or make up for areas where I'm not as strong and that I would lean in and trust those people you know, to do the job that they were hired for. So I think mindsets in general that foster some of those behaviors that we were talking about before, the curiosity, um, the empathy, the vulnerability,
0: the collaboration, for sure. That's like the easiest one from a mindset standpoint. Yeah. Thanks for that. What do you think, what have you seen that gets in the way of conscious leadership? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, ego, it's ego, Uh,
1: unresolved or what I would call unintegrated trauma is the root of any of these maladaptive behaviors that instill fear and distrust in leadership. So again, back to the me versus we, the need to be right, the need to have all of the answers, the idea that we disregard the ideas of others or worse, steal those and take credit for them. You know, And again, um, back to what I said earlier, this idea that I am doing all of this, um, in order to further my own legacy versus I exist to raise others up, right. Like making mm-hmm. the raising of other people, raising up of other people, making that your legacy you, yeah. know, that you are known for. Um, yeah, I, I feel like there's a, there's a big campaign, uh, for that right now, you know, especially with like the, you know, people being, um, hype women or hype humans, you know, raising other people up and really celebrating someone else's accomplishments. Um, I think that's a great leadership quality.
0: Yeah, I do too. And I love to see that out there and I'd love to see women doing that for other women. You know, you've seen a lot of that and with women's history month, um, happening right now, people saying like, Hey, we're going to lift each other up. And, you know, I wish that we didn't need a month for that. I wish that all humans would lift all humans all year long, right? We didn't didn't have to wait for our month to come up or somebody's month to come up. So so what do you think is that risk for leaders who aren't paying attention to leveling up their consciousness and are just kind of like, I've been fine until now. Like, why would I need to care about this consciousness stuff? Yeah.
1: Yeah. um, Unfortunately, they're not using the word stuff. They're using other expletives, Um, (laughs) (laughs) but they are going to um, face a very interesting reality. They are going to experience churn of employees, of clients, of even personal relationships, right? Their organizations are ultimately going to end up paying one way or the other. And the organization is going to pay for that person's what I call low conscious leadership, whether that be from a financial standpoint or PR reputation in the market. There are a lot of ways that low conscious leadership shows up and it, they, those ways are not invisible. Right, So you're going to be putting someone off, which means someone is going to either stop buying from your company, products or services, and the people who work there are ultimately not going to want to work there anymore. So we know what the cost of attrition is from an employee and from a client standpoint. Um, It's not cheap, right? So you will pay for it, you know, in terms of um, low conscious leadership and and not addressing and not really like addressing your own lack of self-awareness, but really, you know, I think this all comes down, if we can kind of like take a step back, this all comes down to just doing the right thing, right? Right. I mean, I love the fact that we have a, a phrase like conscious leadership, but really, it's about doing the right thing by all stakeholders every time.
0: Yeah, yeah, it it does come down to that, and you know, I think it's interesting this idea of cost and that the company is going to pay for not doing the right thing, for not um, taking the time to invest in in their leaders' consciousness development and their own consciousness, and often one of the biggest um, resistors. That we experience or we hear about, you know, as it pertains to conscious leadership or developing, this is it's too much time and it costs too much money, right? Like we don't have time and money to invest, and yet here, like the risk of not investing is people stop buying from you, people stop working for you, you've got churn in your organization, you know, you might have a PR thing that you now have to spend tons of money and time trying to unspin, and. It's just so interesting to, to think about it, It's you know, like not investing, like not putting a new roof on and then <laughs> having your roof cave in and this gigantic snowstorm like is happening in our area <laughs> right now. Um, it's, you know, investing upfront uh, pays dividends in the end. And it's it's not just about people and planet. It's also about profit, right? It's a triple bottom line. It's not just you know oh let's be altruistic and do the right thing for people and planet and ignore the company because the company is an entity in itself and it needs care otherwise it ceases to exist which then hurts the people who work for it but um but yeah I think that's so interesting so for our listeners what are some practices that you know I'm here I'm listening to the show and I'm thinking to myself like wow like okay how do I I get conscious, like maybe I've got some unprocessed little tea stuff going on, or maybe I'm getting in my own way and costing my company um, money or talent or some kind of treasure. Um, what practices would you recommend for for people that really want to become more conscious as leaders?
1: So. Even if you're starting with um, sort of a, that the leaky roof syndrome, right? Like we're complaining about the leaky roof, but we kind of know that the roof needed to be replaced. Even if you're coming in from just the straight financial standpoint, I think the easiest thing to start with is just noticing your way of being in the world, especially when it comes to your own reactions. When someone says something to you or you receive an email, how do you react to that? right? Do you get heated? Do you get angry? Do you immediately fire something off? That's just as cutting. Um, do you feel like you have to, um, take control of the situation, right? Or do you do the opposite? Do you kind of fawn and automatically, oh my gosh, did I do something wrong? Is that, you know, so you can react one way or the other, both of those are classic trauma symptoms, um, trauma reactions or responses. Um, Other things that you can look at just from an observation standpoint are when you speak as a leader, do other people feel comfortable to challenge you? Do they ask questions or do they remain silent? Even when you say, okay, anyone have any questions or other ideas or any takeaways? If everyone's silent all the time, that's a really great red flag for you to realize that you have to create more space for people. You have to create more trust, um, more psychological safety, more of a place where people feel that they will be seen and heard and valued and respected and understood in that room with you. If those things are not happening, that's a really good indicator. Um, And then secondly, I would say if you want to develop more self-awareness, get curious and courageous to engage in some of these healing modalities. Even if it's just dipping your toe in, um, maybe you start with meditation. Breathing exercises or breath work. Maybe you do go to therapy for the first time. You know, these are those are courageous things to do. Whatever it is, start on the path because once you have one foot on the path, again, it's a it's that sort of non linear, you know, um, roadway, and little things will kind of jump out at you and and kind of magnetize to you in terms of what you need next. It's like going down a little bit of a rabbit hole, but. I think those are the two things from a very, very basic kind of high level start at the beginning standpoint. Those that's what I would advise.
0: Yeah. So notice your way being and pay attention to the psychological safety. If you're, if people aren't responding to you, silence is a red flag. That's a good, you know, it's not like great. Everybody believes what I'm saying. Like that makes the ego feel good, but might be a sign that they're afraid to speak up to you. Yeah.
1: Nine times out of 10, that's exactly right it's not that everyone agrees with you. It's that no one feels safe enough. And, and, and a lot of people rail against the word or have um, some bristling around the word safety, mm-hmm. especially leaders, especially cishet white male leaders. Um, safety is like a, a real tricky word, but your job as that leader is to create safety within your organization so that people of every single race, gender, etc., feel really comfortable to be able to voice whatever their idea or their concern or their risk or their feedback or their questions are. And what does that create? That creates much more richness inside of that, that organization, but the ideas and the work products and services are always much better.
0: A a hundred percent agree with that. And I think this whole idea around inclusive leadership is about tapping every resource in your organization for the good and the health of your organization's future. And when we are, Creating spaces that are not psychologically safe, we are missing out on wisdom in the system. We're missing out on fresh ideas. We're missing out on you know pitfalls that we don't see because of our own bias, but that exist. That somebody else could have said like, hey, maybe this is a flag. We want to we want to look at this before we go out public with this. Or and um, and so it's really just a, a waste of talent to be exclusive. In your leadership. You know, talk about doing the right thing. Inclusive leadership, in my opinion, is the right thing, but there's a huge business imperative to it as well. If you can't get your head around that that being the right thing. Well, is there anything that we haven't covered or anything that you would want to share before we close today? This has been such a rich conversation. Yeah, we packed in a lot in a <laughs> short amount of time. Um,
1: no, I think it's been great. I would just say that. Conscious leadership is needed more now than ever before, which is probably what I said at the very beginning. Um, we do see the world sliding backwards with anti-LGBTQ um, laws that are being passed, uh, feels like on a daily basis, and a blatant disregard for our environment. Um, the Willow Project was just approved, I think it was yesterday. Um, so lots and lots of things that, you know, we do feel like we are sliding backwards. And so it's the imperative of leaders who feel, uh, called to be more conscious, to do the right thing, right? Strip away the fancy terminology, people who are in leadership positions who are called to do the right thing by their planet and by other humans, right? That's what we're talking about here. So, um, as a leader, you have the opportunity and the power to create positive change. So the question is, what are you going to choose?
0: Absolutely. Thanks, Kelly. Um, Powerful words. And for those of you um, tuning in today, check out Kelly's podcast called Thrive. And it's for people in agencies that uh, are doing agency work, advertising. Is that fair to say? Yeah, advertising and marketing creative and uh, I'll tell you like I am not in advertising or marketing and I have loved listening to the episodes so there's something in there for you but if you are in agency work and marketing um, this is a gem you don't want to miss it so um, Kelly Campbell thank you for joining us today Uh, trauma-informed leadership coach keynote speaker and sponsored podcast host Uh, you can check her out we'll put links to her website in our uh, speaker note thanks for joining us today Kelly thank you